0: Welcome to The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. This podcast is brought to you by the Utah School Counselors Association, and you're listening to episode number two. I'm Nate Webb, a high school counselor at Twila High School, as well as a child advocate and host of my own podcast called Teaching Kindness, a Bullies Be Gone podcast. On the show this week, we are sharing our first segment of what we call Starting Little, Ending Big. Starting Little Ending Big is when we bring on some elementary school counselors who are amazing and we talk about all of the things. Me and my co-host, Hillary Emmer, will dive into these things with these amazing elementary school counselors. Hillary is the past president of the Utah School Counselors Association and is the co-host of the podcast. This episode is going to provide us with lots of good insight to all counselors on how we can work together as one. We can't wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. So we're
1: very, very, very excited for this segment um, that we're going to be doing on our podcast once a month. Um, Nate, do you want to tell everyone the name of this segment?
0: Um, I Maybe. sure do. And I'm going to look at my notes just so I don't mess it up because <laughs> it wasn't. Um, yeah. So it is called Starting Little, Ending Little big. That's um right. <laughs> yeah, starting little, ending big. Um yeah, it's a wonderful podcast. We have three wonderful women um mm-hmm. in the field of education, other school counselors and people that have been working in education that's going to be coming in with us. Um we talked about them a little bit, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're very very excited for uh this team of gurus we've been talking about because um they have a lot of elementary expertise, which we know is really new in our state. So uh, we want to make sure we're um, addressing elementary specific needs. But we also know um, the key to successful seniors is it starts in, in kindergarten, right? And so that's where that, that name kind of came from is we, we are not just only talking elementary but we want to see how important it is for all of us to be on the same page and understand like how we really are all working together um, for the success of students but we also know that elementary tends to um, you're so new that (laughs) the train has kind of forgotten about you sometimes. So we want to make sure we're talking about things that are um, really relevant to our elementary counselors too. So we thought this would be a great format to talk about those things and um, hear from the experts because they were telling us a couple weeks ago between you three you've got like what 40 years of experience. I can't remember what the stat was but uh, it was like they've got a lot of uh a lot of knowledge to share. So uh, without further ado, um, I'll kind of call your name so you know when you're on to introduce yourself, but tell us us your name so we know the sound of your voice and um, where you're at right now and maybe how uh, long you've been working in school counseling in one way or another, because I know many... Guys, have worn many hats um, and your work to support school counselors. So, Holly Todd, why don't you start?
2: All right, so yes, I'm Holly Todd. I worked um, for 17 years as a school counselor in an elementary school in Wasatch School District, and I did that before I went to the State Board of Education, where I was able to support school counselors across the state. Um, And in that time, when I was an elementary school counselor, I also worked with USCA. I had the opportunity to be on the USCA board and... um, Past
1: president. but (laughs) And a past president.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I also was an elementary rep, and so that was really fun to be able to support counselors um, across the state that way. So then I went to the state board, and a lot of the work that I was doing there um, focused on secondary school counseling because of the role uh, and the compliance pieces, but Mm -hmm. I really had an opportunity to advocate for elementary counselors at that time. 2. So I was excited about that. But then my time at the state board ended and I left and I went and worked for a school district where I really didn't get to work with school counselors. I was doing some school counseling roles as far as social emotional learning, um, crisis response, but it wasn't working with school counselors. So now I work for what is called the Northeastern Utah Educational Services Agency. And I work with nine school districts and five charter schools in Northeastern Utah, And one of my main roles is to support school counseling and I love it. Um, But in the meantime, I was also contracted to be a school counselor in one of those charter schools. And so I am back working a few hours a week. You're back home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as a school counselor. So I kind of get the best of both worlds.
1: That's awesome. yay she's made it back she came back (laughs) i'm back yay holly we're so glad to have you it's going to be awesome to to get to work with you
3: um, as we do this segment okay elise hansen is next hi i'm excited to be here i have worked in school counseling for over 20 years um i was a sixth grade teacher and a preschool teacher before that but enjoyed working at the high school level and then had the opportunity to go elementary. And I work for North Sanpete School District and serve our five elementary schools in the district. Wow. So I enjoy it. I love it. That's awesome.
2: Well, it was a funny story, though, with Elisa and I we met in an elementary counseling meeting at a state meeting where there were eight of us. Is that how many there were? I I
3: remember 10, but it was eight or 10 of us, whatever (laughs) it was, you know. (laughs) So we're excited. It's expanding.
1: Yes. It's good. It's good to hear that we are getting more in the ranks for sure. (laughs) All right, Gina, James, you're
4: up. Hey, I, um, i love what they just said that we're expanding and we're getting many more elementary school counselors because we really need it and i truly believe in that starting little part so i too spent about five years in the secondary level just working in some forms of counseling and then i finally got the chance to go elementary where i've been for the last 11 years and um that's just where my heart is so i work for washington county school district Mm -hmm. I am at one elementary school, so I get the opportunity of running a full school counseling program at an elementary level. Um, It's a dream job to me because, Mm -hmm. again, you get to be with the kids, but you're doing all prevention work, Mm -hmm. which is really just laying that foundation for them. So as they grow, they can have success and become amazing Mm -hmm. people. That's That's what we want to be.
3: I love that too. <laughs> and I agree with Gina. We definitely have the best job available. It's it's great.
1: That's awesome. Well, you guys, um, I know that... Um we wanted to kind of have like a topic each month or a theme or something we wanted to cover. So I know you guys had um, talked together about what we wanted to uh, do for our first segment or our first kickoff episode. Um, so I'm not sure who, who wants to kind of intro, but um, I'm really excited to dig into what we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, let us know. What's the topic this month? What are we doing?
4: <laughs> Hi, Gina. <laughs> She's waving to us. Oh, I would love to introduce the topic for today.
0: Um, Do it. Let's hear it, Gina.
4: I, I, I asked a couple of weeks ago if we could start with this, but really just talking about the foundation that we're laying in those elementary school years and really making sure, like I just said a minute ago, is preparing every student for success. So mm-hmm. that to me is what really sets us apart is we spend um, all of our time with all the students in the school. And we are, again, just giving every kid education, life skills education to prepare them for a better life. And that's what I I, um, I felt like was a good topic for today.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love that.
2: But one of the things that I think of that Gina mentioned in there is that we're giving a hundred percent of our students, and in an elementary school, it would be very easy to spend a lot of our time putting out fires. Yeah, actually mm-hmm. prevent the fires by doing that one hundred percent, and I think that's something that is so you know, unique to elementary is yeah. the amount of time that they spend in classroom presentations and classroom lessons that lays a foundation for every kid, rather than waiting for an emergency. Right skills. I mean, we don't wait for them to not be able to read. We teach them how to read. Exactly. (laughs) Not to be able to do arithmetic. We teach them how to do math. Yeah. Well, why wait till they can't solve their problems, can't function before we intervene? And so I love that part about 100% foundation.
3: I like that too. Well, and it's that analogy that instead of having an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, you build a a fence, you build a rail or something to protect them. And we're, we're building that protection. We're doing that prevention. Mm -hmm. And then the prevention also helps when we need to do interventions. You've got that rapport built with the student already. So as soon as they come in and you need to talk to them, you're ready to dive in. Right.
1: So if I'm like a first year counselor in an elementary school and, you know, maybe I'm the lone ranger, right? Which happens a lot of the time. What, you know, what would be like your top three, these are your prevention things or your lessons you got to do like right now. Like what would be kind of that, like, here's your, here's your way to get started. So you can kind of do more prevention rather than putting out fires. And granted
0: this year we know is...
1: (laughs) we know right oh,
0: speaking of this year guys we had a birthday <laughs> this week we need to talk about this we had a birthday covid19 turned one guys oh, no. <laughs> one <laughs> years old just spreading his wings going everywhere well, Man, well go happy play. birthday
1: covid happy
0: birthday <laughs> we're ready die for now. to move
1: on we're
0: all right. Sorry. <laughs>
1: that's that's pretty funny. That is kind of crazy to think about though. <laughs> so, it's been a year of, you know, we we know putting out fires. Um so we we know there's probably going to be a degree of that, you know, but I think um I mean, I think we all hopefully have at least a moment where we can kind of think beyond that. So, I guess back to that first question, like what would be kind of those these are the things that are going to just set you up down the road to be having a successful program instead of feeling like you're just, you know, Mm -hmm. What are your top best
0: practices?
3: Well, and I think about um, when I got hired as an elementary school counselor, I was replacing a counselor that had been there and just went and put out fires. So he would walk into the office and ask the secretary. So who are you having problems with today? Mm -hmm. So I um, met with each faculty and, and principal and then went over the comprehensive guidance program, which is what it was called then, mm-hmm. and, um, and talked about the four areas and how I would help and how I would go into the classroom and teach the lessons. And I didn't make it, I didn't tell teachers they had to. I just said, here's an option. Mm-hmm. And out of the five schools, I had one teacher that chose not to schedule me to come in each month. And um, I thought, well, that's okay. And within two months, she came to me and said, Hey, I think I can make time for you to come in. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a great place to start.
1: We're seeing the benefit of having you come in and teach them
3: about. Yeah. She'd yeah. hear what the other teachers were saying and what the lessons were about and thought, okay, that's worthwhile. That's worth having you come mm-hmm. and talk to my students. Yeah. Well, and I
4: think. I was just thinking about what Elise was saying. A lot of it's going to base on your needs assessment of what does your school need? Yeah. So, you know, you'd start with your administration and your teachers, like Elise was just saying. You're going to visit with them and kind of hit your top areas mm-hmm. um, of what you feel like your school specifically needs. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes it even comes down to, you know, you may even have an individual class that needs a little extra on something. yeah. And so that's where you go, you know, is to, you're filling the needs of what they're asking for. Yeah.
2: Well, that's just what I was going to say to you, because your question that you asked was what are like, if you were to have three go-to lessons or topics, mm-hmm. and I just don't think that you can go, these are my always go-to, because yeah, we pointed out COVID came along <laughs> yep, that changed what the focus was going to be. Yeah. Whereas some years, my focus was the same as something else, mm-hmm. but, you know, previous years. But every year, I would reevaluate, what do my kids need? Yeah. What do my parents say that my kids need? What do my teachers say that they need? Mm-hmm. And going back to a needs assessment to determine what that focus was. I think there's usually some ideas, like, you know, in kindergarten, they always wanted me to do tattling versus recording. Mm-hmm. They always wanted me to do what is a good listener.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have your staples, you know. Yeah.
2: But yeah. so they weren't focused for the whole year. I just knew I had to slide those in somehow. Sure. That makes sense. So I think that what has been awesome right now is the focus on social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. It is, I think Gina and Lisa, Elise and I would always say, this has been a focus for, of ours for the last 20 years. It's not something new.
3: Yeah. We just <laughs> didn't have an acronym for it. You know, an <laughs> SEL. <laughs> and that would be true. true.
2: It's true. <laughs> And now that there's this push of we've got to give our kids some skills in self awareness, in, in kindness, in relationships, yeah. I think all of are like, yes, yay. It's, it's right where we've been having our passion for the last several years.
1: Right. And it can be something that is taught and learned. It's not just mm-hmm. you happen to be a kind person or you happen to know how to solve problems. There are actually skills that you can teach and practice to learn it and, and it's it's I think it's been a good review for um all of our adults too you know our, our counselors and our teachers to be like oh yeah I need to maybe do that a little bit more you know
2: some of the professional development that I've done on social emotional learning I've asked the question to adults how did you learn how to work with other people? How did you learn to mm-hmm. work in a team? And really the result comes down to it was trial and error. We didn't yep. figure it out and it's like why not save our kids all of that trial and error time? <laughs> let's give them skills yep. and that requires listening that requires problem solving that requires relationships. Yeah. So yeah, I love that we can actually teach these things to our students.
1: Right. Well, I think Elise brought up something really uh, poignant too is like you, you went it back to having a comprehensive program and, and that's, I think a really good message for everyone to hear that that's not just a secondary schools thing. That really is the driving force for every school in Utah, right? Because that's going to make sure you're addressing everything, that you're looking what at, at your data, right? What, what your needs are, what things you need to be addressing. And so first and foremost, thinking about are you running a program or are you <laughs>
4: the firefighter, <laughs> you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gina.
4: I just wanted to add to that too. You know, when Elise was saying that she would go in and schedule with each of the teachers – Eventually, I think the best practice when it comes to school counselors and elementary school counselors is that we are actually built into the specials schedule. So they go to library, they go to life skills with their school counselor.
1: Mm. Okay, that's interesting. They go
4: to PE so that it takes that scheduling off of the school counselor's plate. Mm -hmm. It just allows to make sure every student is getting I'm with you. That's a great logistical tip,
1: and maybe somewhere for someone to start if they don't have something like that is to would they talk to their admin about that? Is that kind of how that conversation mm -hmm. would start? And
4: and a lot of times elementary school counselors will kind of shy away from that, thinking that I just don't have time to do that. But if you do the math, (laughs) you actually don't have time not to do that. Exactly. If you do the math, the amount of time you spend with those kids in the classroom is a small percentage of your 40 hours a week and yet well worth it. So I am part of our schedules every week. They, they see me for a life skills lesson for 30 minutes every week. So So every student sees you weekly. Yeah. Get Mm -hmm. the time scheduled
3: and then Mm -hmm. you'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks different depending on how many schools you serve. You know, Gina, yeah. she has the ideal. She just <laughs> serves yeah. one school. That's that's just amazing and wonderful. Yeah. But serving five schools, instead of going in once a week, then I go in once a month. Mm-hmm. But it's scheduled at the beginning of the year. You know, and with once a month, it doesn't work to do it with the specials. Mm-hmm. But if you can go in once a week, doing it with the specials is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I was going to add to
2: that is, it's great to have that schedule because Gina knows she's going to get every single one every single week. Yeah. And if she a student that time, she knows she's going to see them in a week. It's not going to mm-hmm. be a month before she can see them. Right. But one of the things that I think is a challenge for elementary schools too, is we're teaching these life skills and we need them reinforced with the regular classroom too. Yep. And so it's not necessarily just teaching the students in an isolated setting. And I know Gina and Elise and I have had these kind of conversations of, it's also instructing and educating the teachers yeah. on what we're teaching the students so that when a kid comes up and has a problem with that, another student, the teacher also has the skills to reinforce. And yeah. when we're talking about, you know, our adults in our buildings, sometimes we need to help educate them too. It's yeah. not educating the students.
3: Right. Well, and Gina and I've, tell the teachers, you need to be there for the lesson. I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. And then I'll leave a poster, um, that reviews the lesson and then the teachers can refer back to it. And it's also a reminder for them Yeah, and and that helps. But, um, one of my go-tos, the teachers always want me to give every year is the don't bite the hook lesson. And then when the kids come in and they've had problems and they say, well, what else do you think you could do? How, how else could you handle that situation? Mm-hmm. And then they have some ideas and they can refer back to the five don't bite the hook techniques, you know? So, so I think we all have those little go-tos yeah. that the teachers love to have us teach. Mm-hmm. What, What's the I, don't bite the
1: hook lesson?
3: <laughs> There's Simon. a book called <laughs> Simon's Hook and... It's great. Uh, okay. Every counselor needs to have Simon's Hook.
1: I Simon's even bought it
3: for my grandkids. But we'll put that in the show notes
1: so yeah. Yeah. everyone can yeah. go find
4: that. <laughs> I was just going to say, following up on Elise too, this is where it's really critical that you have your principals backing too. Yeah. Because my will say straight out to the staff, you are required to be in Mrs. James' class with your students. This is not your prep time. And yeah. of course, then that makes it easy for me. But the teachers will say over and over, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you taught that today. And I'm so glad I was here to listen to it so I would know. But these guys are right. That backup is critical Mm -hmm. so that it becomes a community effort of teaching that foundation. Right. And, And I think that's a key piece, Gina, is that when teachers are
1: seeing the value of what you're providing and that it is helping them, too, they're going to be like, can you come more? Like, you know, they they do, they, they, I I think we see that in secondary schools too, that when they see that you're, you know, you're well-prepared, your, um, information is really relevant and important to the kids and they can pick up some things here and there too. Um, you know, we've, we've always been blessed to have a great relationship with our teachers too, but I think it's a two-way street that it it wasn't just because they're nice, but they're seeing that it pays off, um, to give us that time. And, and we don't take as much time in the middle school as you guys, but they're willing to give it whenever we ask for it. And, and we do, we schedule ahead and everyone knows. So I think there's some of those logistical things that go to help, but I think, um, that's that piece is like you are bringing something really valuable to them as well, and it just goes to help everybody.
2: But I think the more visual you are in the classrooms, yeah. Not only do the students make that connection with you and use can use you as a resource to help right. them, but the adults do too. The adults, you right. know, you know what? I'm having this issue in my classroom yeah. or with this group of students, and. Oh, Holly can help me with that. Yes, that's the huge benefits that I think is. I could have a relationship with every single teacher and every single student, and it was a positive relationship. Yep. And they, mm-hmm. my whole role was to be there to support.
4: Mm-hmm. And, and so, add to that, the parents. Yes. Yeah. Right. Know? Yeah we play we play a big part with parents too, but really, you know, no one else in the school does as far as the entire school. Mm-hmm. we're counselors. the glue we <laughs> are counselors the glue. really we hold hard. the whole thing
0: together yeah.
3: we, we hope we keep it together <laughs> well hillary you know we talk about scheduling these lessons ahead of time but like holly said a teacher might come to us and say hey i'm having problems with this and then yeah. we can just schedule in an extra lesson yep. or an extra time to go and do some some classroom meetings and circles with the kids. And we've had some, some great experiences and uh, that have led to some positive outcomes through things like that. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, it's, um I
1: like that it's, you know, I mean, we have to be able to adjust to what's needed, but you know, it's good to have that kind of basic outline and kind of that thing to fall back on too. So
2: one of the things that I was thinking when Gina talked about the value of the counselor, yeah, I think that when an administrator and the counselor have that positive relationship, yeah. principal sees the outcomes, the teachers are talking about the outcomes. When a principal is given the choice of, do I give up this FTE for school counselor or do I put in another teacher? in every situation that they've had that positive relationship, they say, I can't do without my school counselor. Yep.
1: Exactly.
2: I have to have a school counselor. Yep. And so that's a
1: nice, I a huge, great benefit. Right. And could also work to maybe you get a second counselor in your elementary
2: school. Right? Well, I went from half time to full-time because of that, the yep. data that I was showing um, my school board and the conversations that I was having with my principal he was like, I've got to have her more. I can't, I can't do what she's doing in the halftime that she's doing it. And if I'm getting this out of halftime, what would I get if I had full time?
4: Yes. So it's really creating that value. Yeah. That they realize this is a critical part of these elementary years. Mm-hmm. This really is a critical part of what every student needs. Yep.
2: And I think most administrators, if you would ask them about what do they like the least about their jobs, I'm not sure this is the number one thing, but it's in the top three. (laughs) (laughs) School discipline issues, and if you have a school counselor who's meeting that and teaching kids skills, yeah, their job doesn't have to be discipline. Their job gets to be relationships with those kids rather than discipline those students,
3: which they love that exactly. And we're we're not disciplinarians, right? That, that's not our job. And, no. and that that spoils the rapport. That ruins the rapport that you've built with the student. Yeah.
1: I kind of, um, tell me what you guys think about this too. Because I I, I I hear from a lot of people, they're just so overwhelmed. And I think sometimes elementary counselors sort of get put into this role of being like a second admin, um, you know, or an additional admin. And I, I am looking at this like, you know, if I have my calendar scheduled and i'm doing these lessons um it's almost like <laughs> they can't ask me to do these things because i'm running my program and i have it all lined out and it's like i i can't you know like and, and it almost sort of gives them um that extra way of saying no in a nice way. Right. That I know we all want to say yes and help and do everything. And we're not always so great at saying no, but I almost feel like it kind of helps you do that um, to help set those boundaries. If that is kind of something that it has been a struggle or there's, you're kind of walking into a situation where that's what it's been, you know? So I don't know
3: what do you, your
4: program's full. You don't, you can't add that to it. Your program's full. Mm -hmm. And the, and the, principal comes to a point where they won't touch your schedule because they understand (laughs) the value of it they're not even going to think about pulling you from any time you know they understand that your most important job is that classroom teaching they're not going to touch you yeah so at least that's how mine feels that's Mm -hmm. how
2: my experience was my as soon as my Uh, administrator knew exactly what I was doing I mean, I was great. I never had one that asked me to fill in as a assistant or anything like that. But mm-hmm. as soon as he understood what I was doing, there was like, I'm not going there. I'm not going to ask. I, he he mm-hmm. never came and was asked me to compromise what my role was.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, with that being said, though, I definitely think we're part of the admin of the school for sure. Oh, yes. And we're pulled in on a lot of a lot of different things, but in the appropriate role. And I think that's, you know, the biggest part of it is they understand how to use you appropriately and to how to, to enhance their administration of the school. I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, what
1: if someone's not in like a perfect situation, right? And they're like, we know <laughs> that they're out there and maybe they inherited it, right? They're the new counselor or they've um, just been trying to get through what would be kind of, and I don't know if it's a relationship with an admin, if that's where it starts, but how do they kind of get to that dream, right? Of this is where I want to be and I'm not quite there yet. What can I do?
3: Yeah. There you go, Holly. And they need to look at she's the pro- holding up the she's holding up the the
1: the model. Yeah, is that, you got to your three? program
3: model. Yeah. And you've got to look one? at that and as you go over it you've got to create a vision You've got to see the vision and then you can sell it to your admin. And then we have the implementation guide. And just to clarify, the implementation guide does not replace this. Right. It supports this. Yep. And between those two, that can help you create a vision. And that's
4: what this podcast is all about. Yep. To help you create that vision. And Elise is exactly right. It starts with that vision. And then you start sharing that vision with your admin. Mm-hmm. Say, this is what I'd ultimately like happening in our school. Yeah, and, and you just create that value of who you are. Right. And and, st- and it's okay to start
1: small. Right. They don't yeah, need to go. Okay. Like just start doing one thing. Now add another. You know, it, it's it doesn't have to be all or or nothing. It
4: takes time. Something.
0: Something that I love. So I I I'm I'm a newbie to all this, right, guys? I'm 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 technically still an intern. Just got out of Utah. (laughs) He's like a real newbie. (laughs) I'm a real newbie. But something that, um, so Holly actually came to my cohort once and spoke. Um, but something that Holly and multiple people talked about, as especially in the elementary level, data collection and reporting and showing and proving that hey. This is working. So, if you're not in that, that perfect situation, you can be like, hey, here's what, here, here's what I'm doing, and here's why it's working. And mm-hmm. that, that, that helps so much. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think school counselors are in a tricky spot with data because how do you show that exactly what you're doing is making the outcome? You can't, right? Yep. There's so many variables that and have correlations. Been- yeah. yeah that make it so that what you're doing is not the sole thing. But if you weren't there doing that, what gaps would there be for that student? Yeah. What gaps would be there for your school? And so I, I know that there's been some hesitation sometimes in elementary schools going, oh, we don't get that. We don't have to do that program review. So we're not going to do the data collection. <laughs> and I hope that the data collection isn't because of a program review. Exactly going to advocate for you, it's going to advocate for your students, and it's going to advocate for your program.
1: Yep, it it guides your work, really.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as I'm funded by our school district, and so Mm -hmm. I don't have to do a data project, but last year we implemented um, mindfulness, and I went into each classroom twice a week and taught, you know, 16 core lessons anyway, but we wanted to know did that make a difference? Yep. And so just using the Google Forms, I mm-hmm. created a, a survey and we asked the students. And then um, we had the state superintendent come and visit and we were able to show her the data. Mm-hmm. I went to the school board and I was able to show the school board data. Yep. And so now we've been able to implement more things with mindfulness because mm-hmm. I had that beginning data to mm-hmm. show.
1: And you had it for you to see. Yeah that it was worth the time and preparation and everything mm-hmm. to put into this because it made a difference. And I think that is, um, you know, it's like the bane of school counseling, right? It data, but I, I really think it's um, not. It really is a, a structure, a strength and something that um, it doesn't need to be this elaborate, complicated thing but how do you know that what you're doing does anything if you aren't tracking it somehow, you know? And that's, um, I, I think um, all levels can really relate to that piece because we just wanted to get in and work with kids. But I think we have to sort of shift a little bit that it's not just getting in and working with kids, but it's getting in and actually making a difference and mm-hmm. actually making change and helping to have that happen. And and you you don't know if just talking one hour a week is working or not unless you're tracking it, right? Or somehow. So I think we all just kind of sort of have to find our way of making data meaningful for us and not feel like a swear word. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <But laughs> Four-letter word.
4: <laughs> what you,
0: data. What you, just,
4: <laughs> what you just said is critical. I think we sometimes do it because we're thinking we're doing it for someone else, but the truth yeah. is that is only for you. Yep. And mm-hmm. so... I think that's, you know, that's an important part of it. This is about you and your program. You just have to ask
3: yourself, what do I want to know? Mm-hmm. What, what do I want to know that will help me and guide me in the right direction for my program, for this program? Yeah.
2: Well, and I'm not going to be naive and say that data collection and analysis doesn't take time. Right. It, it really does. Yep. But, and we're all saying we're all busy. We don't have time to do one more thing, but if I can work smarter in what I'm doing and have better outcomes, then why wouldn't I want to know how to do that? And I think that's the data pieces. Exactly. I'm not working as hard, so I'm not spread as thin.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Because if you're putting all your busyness into um, (laughs) something that's not giving any results or improving behavior or whatever it is you're trying to do, then why are you doing it? You know, (laughs) right? Right. So, yeah. Oh man, you guys, I, I think we have might've have gone over just a little bit of a half hour, but like, I feel like, uh, one, I'm very grateful that we get to keep doing this. Cause I think yes! um, <laughs> we're learning a lot and it's just great to have these conversations. Um, and counselors listening, you know, um, send us questions comments concerns um use the hashtag tsbuska um and we'll will or I, that might be opposite i can't, i'll put it in the show notes what it is but you know we want to hear from you and if you have questions and um i just feel like we could talk forever so um we're excited to keep doing this is there any kind of um final final thoughts to kind of wrap up this topic for today anybody
3: have <laughs> We're all like. <laughs> I just think you're yep. important to your school. Yeah, you make a difference and and build your program and strengthen your program. And between um, the three of us as elementary school counselors and our experience, we could talk for hours. And mm-hmm. and we have so much that we can share. We're excited to be here to be able to share it.
4: And yeah. I think the thing I would say is this is really all about the kids. When yeah. it comes down to it, it, isn't it? Isn't even about us? It's about and then
2: I was also thinking that you know we're going to give ideas and suggestions but it's one way of implementing the model that works for us it's not the way to do it and I we just know that there's lots of different ways to do things and hopefully what we might say might give a little bit of information that somebody can take and go oh I can do that because I can tweak it this way I can do it that way that's a bite-sized piece that I can do to start small
1: we're providing yeah, yeah. a sounding board for these elementary ideas.
3: So Yeah. And you you take those bits and pieces and put them into your vision to make yep. it yours. Exactly. Love it. Amen.
0: Amen. Man. <laughs> Gosh.
1: All right. I'm Nate. just here for the <laughs> Nate. What are what are our happy thoughts for the week? I know um, a happy thought. Can I say it?
0: Say it. Say it.
1: Nate say is it. expecting a special someone. To join his family on Monday.
0: Oh, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, my <laughs> wife is getting induced on Monday. Yeah. Um, and we're having a baby. Yep. Baby it's happening. Two. So, number two. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, deja vu, no sleep, loving it. So, we're just <laughs> excited for it. Anticipation. Yep. Well, but, congratulations. Yeah. Well, that, that we're is some excited happy too. news.
1: That is. It's a that's great, awesome. the good, happy thought. <laughs> All right, you guys. We will we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in the show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org, where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi monthly newsletter to stay up to date on Kurt Utah school counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at UT School Counselor and on Twitter at Yuska Tweets. The mission of Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without support of our members. We will have more thoughts and ideas to share with you next week. We'll see you later.